Black joy is radical. Black joy is the pigment of a rainbow. Black joy is the lines on our palms that trace us to our homeland, our overcoming, our unique DNA. Today, you will hear a story that will birth a smile in the crevices of your soul. Today, we're reclaiming the narrative. The Chronicles of Black Joy podcast invites an array of black artists, established and emerging, to share not only their personal thoughts, but a story rooted in black joy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronicles of Black Joy podcast. Um, I'm so, so excited to be joined with, um, I don't, I don't want to just call you a spoken word artist because I feel like you're like a wizard. The way, the, the way you use words is just like spoken word artist is just not good enough for me. But I am here with Megero. Um, yeah, Megero, say hi. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm humbled. I'm humbled for those <laughs> kind words. I'll pay you for saying all of that later. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for for being um, part of this. Yeah, okay. I like I like to start off with basically like lighthearted questions. Um, so hopefully this is lighthearted. It might be a bit deep, but alright, go for it. If joy was a childhood image or item, what would it be? If joy was a childhood image or item, um, that is interesting. Mm. Okay, for me personally. And this is probably going to sound strange, but it would be, you know, the VHS videos, it would be that. Really? Yeah. So I remember, I remember when I was young, I, my thing, you know how a lot of African families are centered around education. And so I had like loads of books and this and that, but I didn't have sort of toys mm. that many in terms of like action figures or anything like that. Mm. But my imagination was able to literally create like wrestling rings out mm. of the VHS videos. Mm. They were the characters. They were the even though it was just rectangle squares mm. for me. When when it was time for me to play inside, mm. I could they could embody anything I wanted them to be. So it was like my avenue of of expression. Sort mm. of. It was kind of like my my gateway to my imagination and and creating different stories literally through different <laughs> VHS video cases that I used to play with. So that's oh. the first thing that comes to mind anyway. Yeah, when I was when I was a kid. Yeah uh what's the first thing you think of when I say black joy and why um the first thing off the top of my head would definitely be family I think family is a massive part of of joy for me but not not just family I think with family it's the things that come with it so family entails music it entails dance it entails our faith Mm. it entails humor um it entails the family that wasn't family Mm. so I don't know if I don't know Mm. if you had this right but growing up, if if you were of so you could so I'm from Kenya, mm. so if you were Ugandan or Tanzanian or or from a similar African country, and our parents met each other mm. and became mm. friends, we were now cousins. Yep, by force. That's my cousin. <laughs> yep. Is that Nigerian thing as well? Hundred percent. Okay, so so yeah, just that air of of family and extended family, not mm. by relation, but just by you know that camaraderie and, and a common denominator of culture. I think was a massive representation of of black joy for me and just sort of freedom I think a lot mm. of the times a lot of the times I mean we spoke previously about some of the the work I've done in terms of poetry has to do with activism and whatnot and oppression but to truly just embody freedom in whatever art form and whatever way of life it is to just mentally feel free 
you know, I think for me that that is the embodiment of, of black joy, mm. um, which always kind of stems back to childhood for mm. me, the time where I was sort of unaware of, of anything other than that freedom. Mm. So. 100%. And I feel like I, I, it's a weird thing because I feel like when I was young and I was able to experience life, that liberation you talk about, yeah. like... I wasn't aware that this was freedom and I wasn't aware aware of what was going to follow, which is adulting yeah. and bills and responsibilities and difficult things that come with life. And sometimes I just wish like, part of me wish I was aware, but part of me likes the fact that I just wasn't, I, how would I have known? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that all of this was going to come. But yeah, I just, yeah, sometimes I wish I could just like open up a box and just like step into it and just go back to like Lewisham like 2004 when I was just like do you know what I mean but yeah yeah, it's it's a weird one but I know that if I was conscious of that then it wouldn't really be liberation would it if I was aware that this is freedom yeah 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 there's like a profound innocence sort of that is in our childhood that I feel like we should keep you know Mm. it's something that I don't think with everything that goes on in the world I don't think we should lose sight of that I don't think we should lose sight of the freedom of your imagination because those Mm. things are our own you know so um yeah interesting yeah um so <laughs> I've basically written down the introduction to your piece like how how my take and my response to it because I am a waffler I just want to waffle away Listen, I, I, love waffle. <laughs> I, I waffle okay I waffle but um so yeah I'm just going to read out my take on uh, Maguero's beautiful beautiful audio art that he um that we commissioned him to produce um as part of celebrating Black History Month. Um, And just as a continuation of recognizing Black history and um, sharing stories of Black joy. So this audio art that Magira produced, I think is one of the most cinematic, colorfully charged narratives I've ever had the pleasure of both envisioning and listening to. Um, I think you have an incredible gift of bringing beauty and meaning to the most mundane of things but also illustrating the significant acts that energizes us and unites us as black people, friendship, family, food, dance, play, the things that you kind of mentioned earlier. Um, And the best way, the best way I can describe this piece is like stepping into a virtual reality arcade and having a 10 minute tour of pure black joy. Um, (laughs) I I don't want to spoil it. um, And I want people to actually experience it and listen to it. um, But I'd also like you to introduce the piece and tell us a little bit about it and yeah, kind of segue us into your your beautiful story yeah okay um wow Uh, thank you for the kind words firstly but um yeah so this was the piece I'll say the name at the end but the piece was a journey for me personally I think because to think about the topic of black joy I literally had to ask myself what that is and what place does it take me to when I think about black joy and initially it, it has this nostalgic feel I guess that brings you back Back to childhood for reasons that we we spoke about you know but within within that childhood there's so many different narratives you know there's there's the black culture um as a whole the black british culture actually which i sort of wanted to include that was almost separate to the culture within my home so i, I always feel like when we're when we were young and when we we're playing outside all the different black cultures would almost intertwine into one so which is why you have africans saying wagwan you have um Caribbeans using the Yoruba code or Imbo like do you yeah, know what I mean like yeah. it's all it's all sort of spread so yeah so this the journey that I took um was sort of just to remember those moments and almost challenge I guess subconsciously some of the stereotypes um that are within 
or that have been portrayed about black culture um there's a few I guess notes within there hidden in metaphors and whatnot maybe when we listen to it we can discuss it after but um it is it is a piece entitled entitled sorry um Toto, which is the joy of children and it's supposed to be uh, an embodiment and just a, a depiction of black joy from a child's perspective but how that joy um, branches out and is resonates and is felt within the masses of family and the masses of friends and is infectious and also humor I think was a big part of what I wanted to reflect I wanted to reflect how as black people I just have to say I think we're the funniest people in the world man that Black, like in any moment, in any moment, whether it's in in heartache, whether it's going through turmoil, there can always be something that can just spark a mass of laughter. Yeah, and I really yeah. wanted to encapsulate that. And um, my producer that I worked with, Phase One, um, he sort of took that journey with me, which is why there's a fusion of different sort of Afro sounds and whatnot. We really wanted to have a feel of British Africa, if mm. that makes sense. That's kind of what we wanted to embody with the piece. So, yeah, um, Toto. The journey of of the joy of children. Just to say, the piece mm-hmm. could have been about twenty minutes. Like <laughs> there was so much. There was literally so much that was going to be included because there's so many elements of black joy. I, I think it's something that's so hard to narrow down, especially because this is one of my first times really delving into it and expressing it through my art. Mm-hmm. As I said, a lot of the time I sort of about it's about the oppression and about the fight and the struggle. And this was beautiful for me and quite therapeutic for me to sort of sit down and channel what that means to me and what different facets create black joy in my life and in the lives of those around me. Magero? Yes, mom. Baoru leruwa nyo chiwo baani ndaba asio? Yes, mom. Baani ndaba asio bilai, dola basio bobaya na bobabeba ndai. Yes, mom. My mom persists with this continuous postnatal expression of fears. Although... Given the softly spoken substance of her speech, it can lead apart supposing ears respectfully. Because currently, I can't lie, all I hear is freedom. You see, it's time to go outside and play. And when we play, we play right. Not like young Shakespearean directors. I'm talking Willis Ayunka descendants. Peacefully orchestrating elastic bands of mischief. Those were our chosen weapons of war to pistols, no get enemy. Fella Kuti in his prime. See, we the masters of our trade, trading thirsty laughs with quenched glances during non-stop play of tag, putting use to the first pause known to man. Bare hands. Take a moment to pre our skin. Though generously lotion with vase line or Popeye's wife, perhaps the famished red fox, we allocate an ashy ration to Earth's mother, grasping her portion as we marinate in the triple fortnightly summer. I deep it. If St. George's cross, can you imagine our rage? Out here just trying to start games with my black British bulldogs on the street After waiting months to be unleashed, expecting six weeks yet receiving barely six days of heat Ooh, motherland, motherlanded We are the motion in poetry, bathing in Nairobi's next of kin The sun's minuscule rays is relative to our skin, shining bright as we soak each drizzle in Basking our creativity, crafting noughts and crosses on the same skin where dry becomes ink But be careful, as in this circle Someone's bound to get cross if I see three in a row And if you happen to be fed a 5 well, That's the only acceptable uniform of being whitewashed We the rhythm to your blues Laughing in the face of danger, danger Being the entrapment of our round level pastime Under the neighbour's beat down beetle Gleefully creepy crawling beneath to retrieve our captured comrade I explain 
Who claiming ball to hand? See, we understand the feeble game of a mortal man, yet here we stand, immortal boys, immortal black boys. And plus, we're drippy. <laughs> what you know about pepper grains, hand me downs, and high techs? I said, we are drippy. Maybe Shakur's backpack was too packed with juice, you know. Supermo and Panda Pops. Christopher said, there's not enough grommet in our wallets, but it's no biggie. Who needs cheddar? We say cheese to these Polaroid moments of immortal black pride. In the meager distance, our sisters dance beside. Routinely seasoned with more than salt and pepper spandex, watch as they analyze. Counting colors, embellished beads on each other's braided hair. Neatly patterned up as they play hopscotch or double dutch, jumping in from the left hand side. Two by two, as if no one knew their reign would come. Our semi ebony kingdom flooded with queens in 4C coiled crisscross crowns. See, we know, we love that we are gifted and black. But before that, we are young, and so we scrape our knees. Afraid that mummy will apply TCP, oh, just leave me be. Anything but her beloved Abeniki. Medicine so kindly provided by the West African eagles, us African people. Birds of a feather, watch as they flock to Abeniki. That's the only bird mother's son fears. We shine dark, dark as Yorkie or Cole with just as many goals. Imitating R9 or Ian Wright, right? Writing our name in the history books of these blocks documented on burgundy brick walls. Stephen was here, I Charles was here, fam, even Sam was here. Our Christian names engraved in chalk, we talk with a masked accent, ascending into language, transcending generations with temporary timeless slang. Catch us coaching, jamming, chilling. We lingered, flipping yo-yos into cat's cradle with non-cryptic contoured fingers. No sign of gangs, more like 90s boy bands. A stampede of high tops collating ultimate chaos. The damage can be felt beneath our souls for real. In a kingdom where candy reigns supreme, hence why we lose our teeth. Where black on black remains intact with none above as our sisters act out the joyful, joyful will upon Lawrence Hill. See, we are educated in their greatness. Elevated through mother's unwavered due diligence, vigilance, and faithfulness. For in the city of God, we are free. Hey! Magero? Yes, mom. Magero? Yes, mom. Miliana? Yes, mom. Nesikasi okuria. Mwite murie. Okay. Guys, I have to go upstairs and eat. I elevate the stairs as Sylvia climbs the lift. Our friends would always interrogate as to which floor we lived, but I'd simply plead the fifth. The doors part ways to bring us together. Fists on hips. She sees me standing, feeling mildly clever, an amalgamation of Bunyala and London weather. You should have seen the way I stormed those steps. Not for the last time, just to show that lightning can strike twice. Feet faster than MC Hammer, enough speed to distort speech. Low key, you know I'm right. <laughs> Read my lips, just say what you thought. Fifth floor, here I stand. Fists on hips, miracle in flesh. Black thunder to the shade of midnight. I bet you heard me before you saw me. Defying the laws of gravity beyond physics. The embodiment of flat. Shut up, Steve. Sis kisses her teeth and rolls her eyes before I finish my sentence, wondering, when will this fall stop? We enter our humble abode to the delicate applause of saucepans and Dutch pots, early signs of the show that's about to commence. It sparks a rhythm in our souls as we remove our shoes by the door as if the paisley carpet were a sacred floor. 
Mummy's in her office paying Nanny's recipes homage. Each ingredient of ancient lineage passed down through word of mouth but measured with a generous hand. The smell of okra amplifies the corridor whilst Auntie Sabina shouts the onions. Don't you forget the onions. <laughs> For crying out loud. Tranquility eventually begins to fall as their Siamese songs of praise anoint the kitchen walls. The beauty lay not in the sound, but the sincerity. Allegedly, now, our superhero mums possess the literal ability of hindsight, so even with their backs turned, they could always spy eye something beginning with M attempting to launder meat from the pot. I was caught red-handed a lot. Me and sis eventually migrate to the living space. A room made to seat six hosting at least a dozen Aunties, uncles, I'm talking cousins Inclusion was always twice as important as comfort But five people on a free sofa seat was cosy to say the least Dad was always the last to speak Yet the first person I'd notice He'd hold this pint glass, you know, full to the brim The contents within? Well that was unknown But whilst plucking those grey scattered hairs on his chin As the heir to the king I'd often wonder if my footprints would hold the same presence as him If my name would sustain the same weight as his namesake Yo, I had big shoes to fill Sometimes I'd clown around parading in his size 12s Doing museum fascinations As the family congregation cremated a collage of laughter His fumes filled the room to the point we are all coughing enjoyment Each stomach burned earned through hunger and humour Now... It's my job to fetch the basin of water for hands to be cleansed so the feast can begin. We set the table with the usual suspects, chapati escorting and dengue subjects, red meat in white by the side of the plate anchored by the main for the day. Views of the food lying here. Ugali of Usuma, standing with pride. Our native dish, what dad calls the fuel that will one day make me as fast as Linford Christie off the blocks. How do I tell him I'm barely the fastest on the block? It feels as though we host enough food to feed 5,000 family of five houses. Similarly, only by God's grace we each receive a plate. Heads bow to signify the food is sanctified. Taking turns to cut our portion of ugali, surgically removed with a bread knife before molding our desired groove like pottery. Mm. Now able to cradle my own ugali Only to be engulfed in molahia Before being devoured to the sound of dancing lips We shaku on the meat as well Don't you dare eat meat without ugali Oh ha <laughs> Within minutes our joy is as full as our stomachs Policed by our mothers Well fed All in one accord as our bellies push our buttons As our bodies fight sleep A feast that was well received If I move my waist yeah, no, let me finish. Let me land. Let me, let me, like, let me land. Mm. If I move mm. my waist, mm. the climate, mm. it will change mm. now. Then a unison scream. The well-known smell of a dance bellows and I am at its beck and call. No longer a dance floor fool. See, last family do, I was outdone by Janice Who admittedly was a better dancer than me But I had been studying Kevin Bacon and Patrick Swayze To sway these odds in my favour I'm even, footloose as I dance with nature Heart pounding as my body morphs to rhythm Gladiator mission, the Colosseum Are you not entertained? I enter space with feet beyond the shoulders Width rotate my hips as if controlling a hula hoop It feels as though my waist manipulates Earth's axis With legs like matchstick striker pose Spark my my hips to action mode, I move it slow Feel the tilting balance, no hula hoop I rotate the rings of Saturn, these pre-rehearsed patterns 
boots I said Janice who? Feel my ways, do you digress as I gyrate? Head on hands, embracing pepper grains My rebellious hairs refuse to integrate But would one day translate into great communicators Watch as they wave, wave, wave like the waist still in motion Can't touch this, clockwise or anti-clockwise Our bodies are masters of time Watch as I roll exquisitely, vividly I have arrived, eventually Back to earth I arrive only to find my mother in tears Daddy in hysterics The unrequited beef with Janice not relished And I realise In that moment Perhaps we are the joy of our parents Not by choice A contract signed by blood and sealed with love We are freedom We are the dancing of scotch bonnet tongues And flavours they never imagined We are the Creole spectrums injecting smiles Oh man, it's just like I feel like every time I'm I listen to it, I'm just not gonna ever be bored of it. I just uh, discover I discover new things. There's some things I think the Lauren Hill went over my head. This like okay. I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> I was gassed. But um, you guys would have just heard uh, Megero's. Um, how do you want to say the 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 title? The Furaha Yawatoto. That's, that's, that's exactly what I meant to say. Um, no, um, in all honesty, um, in all seriousness, I, I just I just can't believe how beautiful that is. I can believe, but I can't believe how beautiful it is because it just, it feels like a, a bunch of, of different stories in one. It doesn't feel like there's, obviously there's not one linear narrative, which is, which is obvious, but like, it's just so hard. I'm trying to be like coherent here, but it's very hard to be coherent when you're just <laughs> gassed. Okay, guys, very hard. Um, uh, how did you feel listening to that back though? I th- I'm interested. Um, I felt a lot of joy, man. I felt I felt I could recollect everything that was said in the piece, mm-hmm. which is probably why the the process was so enjoyable to write because um it was just it was taking me back to different memories like my sister taking the lift and me running up the stairs. I used to do it every time the doors open and I'm just standing there like a superhero, <laughs> feeling invincible, um, trying to take me from the, you know what I mean? And I, and I think, I don't think those, those concepts are exclusive to my experience. I think it's sort of relatable to many, especially in an African house and a Caribbean household as well. The, you know, the taking meat from the pot. I think that's just, I think that's just the thing that we did. I just think that's a, that's the thing that we did, man. Excuse our bad manners, but um, yeah. So, so listening back, it was it was just joy, joy, laughter, um, quite organic moments. So the moment where I'm explaining if I move my waist, I was I basically I literally just randomly I randomly asked my um, sister if, if I can dance. So my sister, my partner, I sort of asked like, do you think I can dance? And there's this running joke in the family that I can't dance. That's like the, and I honestly believe, I know I've got rhythm and I honestly believe, you know, when, when the time comes, you know, <laughs> I can, you know, I, yeah. I, can, I can shake you a can little. Bust a, shake, shake a little leg. That's what I'm saying, man. But um, yeah, so literally I just, I knew that if I asked that question, mm. they're going to say something funny. So there's a moment where 
when I'm explaining that I'll change the climate and whatnot. And at the end of it, she says mulwef, mulwefu, which is um, mulwef. So in 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 Kenya, in, in I'm not sure if I don't think it's Swahili. I think it's more Luya. But um, basically, it's our version of psych. Oh, okay. When, yeah, okay. so when someone says something and they, they you they really gas it up, and right yeah. before when they land, you say "mulwef," <laughs> means it's like this is a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. So, so yeah, I wanted to, I really wanted to include that elements of the culture within it. But to answer your question, which was how did it make me feel? Um, happy, you put me back in that place. Mm. It put me, it put me back in that in that place before I knew anything but the freedom of being Black British and being Kenyan. Mm. Um, and just embracing that fully yeah there's just there's so many lines that I was writing down as we were listening that they didn't some of them went over my head and I was just like so that's why I was like oh my gosh this is mad <laughs> um but I just love the way you said motherland motherlanded I like I don't know yeah. why that it's just the tone the rhythm just how it just it landed no literally landed it's just it's it's just yeah I love that one um we are the joy of our parents that I think that was towards the end yeah. Um, Felakuti in his prime. Yeah. Um, delicate applauses of saucepans. Like what? Yeah. Oh, just like all the the colors and this. That's why I, I think it's so cinematic. You just you bring like like saucepans. You know, it's the it's the intricate details and even the way you were going through how you guys prepare for dinner. Like this, you've made dinner like a massive thing. And it is. I think food is a massive thing in our community anyway. But the 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 way you kind of zoomed into those kind of details, it just, I felt like I was at the table waiting to like try a bit of Kenyan food, you know what I mean? <laughs> and just like join you guys. And no, it was, it was honestly stunning. Those are some of my favorite kind of lines. And I'm sure people will have their own. I think there's a, there's a few lines that I didn't, I didn't know the references to. Oh, and I, I loved the line, Immortal Black Boys as well. That was beautiful. Um, I'm going to, I'm probably destroying this pronunciation. Will it, will it sink, will it Descendants? How? What was? Oh, well, let's show you. Yeah, descendants. This is a Nigerian, so I think my I think my my pronunciation is bad. But yeah, he's a he's a Nigerian um playwright. Ah. And winner of the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He um, I, I think I researched him a, a few few years. But I didn't know about him, but I think I was planning on writing, and I sort of wanted to to look at some black playwrights and whatnot, and just historically who sort of were pioneers mm. or like a lot of, of black playwrights and and um his story him and and fellow Kuti I think there was a, a joint sort of um element that I felt like I could relate to that freedom and childhood which was mm. almost like I felt like they both <laughs> fought against oppression in their own ways and they both sort of embodied what black joy is in the light of so much negativity that was around and the fight for peace and the fight for the freedom of their people. And I feel like I, I included that in it's about us playing outside because almost us being outside as black boys, having fun and joy freely is almost like sign of defiance against the system and against um, the ideologies that black is, represents death or the, the IC3 references of like when you, you know, it's, it's references of the police. Although I, maybe I naturally just do that. I naturally just atone to those things that I'm, I'm used to writing about. But I wanted to make light of it because at those times, it didn't mean anything. IC3 was just me winning um, noughts and crosses. IC3 
in a row. Five overs, you being five was beating five zero, like you know what I mean. So I wanted to I wanted to include different black influences in that section, which is why there's almost like the two pack reference and the biggie, which was like an air of immortality. The things that these these people have done have almost ended them or rendered them, sorry, immortal. You know, they're forever spoken about different generations, different communities within the culture, you know, and that's how we felt in those times when we were outside. When we went out right, Stephen was here. By the way, outside of my house, I was Stephen. Inside my home, I was Miguel. So it was like, yeah, so it was like two two different people. So the black Brit the black British and the Kenyan. But um yeah, there was almost a sense of being invincible when we were out there. Like the little things that we did. We, I felt like I was creating legacy, scoring these crazy goals in between two jackets as goalposts, and the, just the little games we, the little games we'd play, and the fun moments we'd have. We felt like they'd always be spoken about. And I remember writing my name on the wall and feeling like this is gonna stay here for centuries, even though it was chalk. It felt like yeah, I've made my mark on this block. I'll always be remembered generations after me. Yeah, do you remember that guy, Steven? He was good at football and he did X, Y, Z. So that's literally how it felt, man. I felt like that was like, us playing was almost like a protest to all the negativity that was around us, which is why I said, we are the rhythm to your blues. Our parents sort of were aware, which is why in the beginning, my mum gives the long speech. You, oh, you don't understand what she's saying. She's basically telling me, you're about to go outside, um, play well, choose your friends wisely, don't go too far. I want to be able to see you from the balcony. When I call you to come up and eat, make sure you come, which is basically what she was saying. So there were all these tears that she exhibited, but we almost didn't feel anything. I don't know, mate. I don't know if it was almost an innate feeling of protection because we knew we came from like a prayerful home and a mum was praying for us and we're good. Or maybe it was just the innocence of feeling like, you know, we're kids. What what danger? Like I said, the danger is when the ball goes under the neighbor's car and we try and retrieve it. And you're scraping your knees and what no no that like do you know what I mean? Just those elements of innocence. Um, I felt like those were beautiful moments and a beautiful way of thinking in general. That like, do you know what? We're present in this moment, and in this moment we are free. Wow. I, I mean, I feel like you've kind of answered the the next question, but what why did you choose I I say this story, but I guess these stories or moments um, to respond to like the idea and the brief of black joy. Um, what and I'm actually interested to understand what your your process looked like because you said you had to think about it for a bit to like what actually is black joy. Out if you could talk a bit more and unpack that a bit more, that would be really interesting. It was interesting because initially I thought about <clears throat> the present times and sort of presently where we are, where I where I am, and what brings me joy what does joy mean to me which is why I, I did say that the piece could have been about 20-30 minutes I'm not gonna lie because I was gonna take it to the present now what that means you know because obviously um, previously I'm speaking from the perspective of a child and I have a different perspective of life from the perspective as a father now so all those things that I was looking at from a child's perspective looking up like I, I mentioned my, my dad and I was I was adamantly wanted to mention my dad within the piece my dad had a sort of tough love mentality. Um, he was quite hard on me, but it was only later in life that I realised that a lot of that hardness and the strict nature of him came from a place of love. I didn't realise it then. Now as a father, I kind of think, oh, do you know what? I understand that everything he did was just to give me the best. You know, it was, he wanted the best for me and I wanted to, to 
put him within the piece because I think it's important to challenge some of these stereotypes that are all out there. You know, fathers are not all black fathers are, are absent. You know what I mean? There are many, many, many good present black dads. And that's a part of the joy. Like that is a part of our joy, you know, as a whole. And I think my relationship, I think naturally we all think about our mums when we think of joy. Me personally, I do. I think about my mum. I think about her laughter, her infectious laughter, her joy, because she has such an influence on our lives. But I thought it was important to speak about my dad because his influence um, was strong, even in just being present. As I said, his presence was felt without really saying much, you know, and those little those little token moments of him saying, I'm going to be as fast as Linford Christie. You know, let me tell you something. My dad used to make me race kids around my area. I'm not even joking. I like the age Seriously? of 10. I'd be racing. I'll be racing like big 16 year olds. And if I don't win, it's like, you didn't win. How how did you not, do you know what I mean? So for that, again, that sort of like made me feel like I can achieve anything. The, the belief that he had in me made me feel like, you know what, I can actually be great. And at times, at times it was difficult because I did feel like I had pressure on me to achieve. But the whole, the essence of this piece was to show that black excellence is not just centered around our achievements. You know, it's centered around just being and just enjoying our culture and just being present in our moments where we are in our blackness. And I want to say black, like I want to say it with some vim. <laughs> yes. Like yeah, that that is that is excellence within itself. You know, mm. and I see that. I see that when I look at my son. I feel that when I think about all those moments. And even now when I see so many positive things that, you know, that we're doing and mm. the way our culture is changing the world. Yeah, and I think I think also um, I was I really did want to show the different elements of my culture. I thought that was important to show it from a Black British perspective, from a Kenyan perspective, because I wasn't surrounded by a lot of Kenyans. I, I talk about this a lot in my poetry. A lot of the Kenyans that I knew were generally part of my family, so there was almost a separation of that culture when I when I left the house. I almost left my culture at home to an extent, but there was this different black culture that I, I adopted where we all kind of did the same thing and we were all kind of one within it. Um, so, and also the the dance, the dance section uh, where, I, where I stepped, that's a true story, by the way. Like my cousin literally it felt. I feel like, I felt it was true. I felt like this is yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember what he was wearing. He had this Chicago Bulls um, vest so, and everyone was looking at him when he danced. I said, the next time I'm going to steal the show. So, um, yeah, I think I wanted to, to embody just the, the natural rhythm that we have and the importance of that. And when we connect with music, it's almost like you go to a different place, kind of, which is why I wanted to include um, some singing within it. Um, phase Phase One created a, a beautiful melody to accompany it. Like the melodies within, I think, even if you take the words out, and I just told you what the story is at each musical um, element, you could probably picture it without even the words being there. So, yeah, big up to me, really captured it well. But um, yeah, and then the end to 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 come as a whole, I was still sort of questioning what black joy was maybe it's this maybe it's that but within all elements of the piece um whether it's when we're out and the joyful joyful references and my mum's faithfulness or coming in and my mum and my auntie singing gospel music in the kitchen to the prayer before we eat it's almost the basis of that like the joy of the lord is our strength which was like the it was almost the hub of everything that came from my mother's prayer like do you know what I mean that was the hub that sort of brought everything together so there's all these different 
elements of joy that we experienced, but ultimately it all came from God, you know. So, um, yeah, I really wanted, and I wanted you to, I'm glad with the comments that you've said about it, because I literally wanted anyone who listened to it just to feel like they are present in that moment and to feel that joy that everyone within it was feeling as well. Yeah, gosh, yeah. Woo! Lord of mercy. I feel like, I feel like... um this, as I heard you talking, I was just thinking like, we just, I don't think there is a lack of, of narratives of black joy. I just think that the ratio is unbalanced, very highly unbalanced. Yeah. Um, and it just makes me so excited about the, the stories that are going to come after this and the stories that you're going to create after this, the stories that our children's children are going to be watching and yeah. seeing what black joy looks to us. That's what I, that's, that's, that's what, it makes me it, it makes me feel um but i'm not going to waffle <laughs> so <laughs> the the last question i like yeah. to kind of find a quote a, a quote that i like and and yeah throw it at you essentially so i saw something on pinterest as you do and it, it said being alive is a special occasion and i was trying to find a quote to um relate to your to your story um and it made me feel like literally being alive is the special occasion. It's not, and it's exactly what you talked about in terms of that our joy is not necessarily like solely contingent to excellence and achievements and um, the things that we're able to do that we've never done before and world records. It, it, it's just, it's just being alive and being present with the people you love. Um, mm. So in that, I guess in that same spirit, what would you tell your younger self um, pertaining to that quote, being alive is is the special occasion. What would you tell your younger self who in moments may have needed this or not, but yeah. Wow, um, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep, deep quote. Um, I think off the top, I would probably say um, to cherish, to cherish, cherish the moments that we have with our loved ones. I think in those times, I would, I would tell myself to spend more time um, with the people that I love. I think in, in enjoying their presence so much, we can almost somehow take it for granted um, a little bit. You know, yeah, yes, we're, you know, we're alive, but one day we won't be alive in the physical, you know, on in this realm anyway. So, um, yeah, I would say that I spoke about my dad within the piece. My dad is no longer with us. And I think probably an element of me would say, you know, in those times where, where we did share moments probably embrace it more like um challenge and and ask more questions and and within those moments take it in as a whole learn more from your environment learn more from everybody that's around you because the people that are with us won't always be with us as I said it's physical um and also I would say keep that young imagination that young vibrant imagination that played with the VHS videos and they were the rock and stone cold Steve Austin like keep that because a part of a part that is what kept us alive I feel like what I was trying to embody is that that youthful exuberance of children sort of keeps the adults alive it keeps them vibrant it gives them joy and that's something that we don't have to lose like we don't we don't have to lose that we can carry that into our adult lives and remember to be young like remember to be young at heart I'm I think I'm talking to myself now I'm supposed to be talking to myself then but yeah just remember to be young and to enjoy life because you know you're here it's a blessing a blessing that we're here we made it in some sense you know we're blessed to be here so when surrounded by stresses or turmoil still like rejoice and praise you know and and be grateful 
be grateful, man. Be grateful for the loved ones we have. Be grateful for the troubles we have. Just be grateful to be alive. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd say that to the young me. I'll probably say brush your hair because I spoke about the pepper grains a lot in there. And me, me and the cold. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I said, brush your hair. <laughs> you are alive. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, everything he said. Yeah, and more. That's it. That's that. Yeah, really resonates with me, particularly um, being present with your loved ones and being present with your loved ones and being, yeah, just preserving that imagination. Like, I don't know. Ever since I went to like, I got to uni and I came out of uni, I was just like a whole different person. And, and for, for good reasons, you know, the maturity, the growth, the awareness, the, you know, my ambition, all of those good stuff. But then like, I just knew that a sense of my imagination had been like literally sucked out of me. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, and I, I don't know if one can retrieve it back or you just kind of find a way to be imaginative and, and find and see what that looks like for you now and the version of you now. But yeah, fam, I know you're speaking to your younger self, but you're speaking to me and, and all, you know? So yeah, really, really incredible. Um, and yeah, brushing, brushing the pepper grains is a thing. We all had it. Even the girls um, in the, our edges sometimes would be really, you know, but you lot embraced it though. Like you lot, I even spoke about the beads. Like the bead, those kind of colorful beads. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you, they were, they were, <laughs> listen, they were, they were controlling, man. They were still trendsetters even then. Yeah. That woman has always been the setter of trends. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Magera, thank you so much for just yeah talking about Black Joy with me, creating something about Black Joy, um, and just yeah really being as like open in this conversation as well. I think, yeah, I think we've had a tough year as a people in the last, yeah. I mean, we've, we've been having tough years, but yeah. it's been a really, particularly last year, but it's been a really just kind of, uh, yeah. And just to mm. know that we, we are, Black Joy is not some near, like it's not some far distant Afrofuturistic, it's, it's not that, it is being present, it's being alive and you really encapsulated that in your piece. And I'm going to play it to all of my friends and I told my mentor this when I was like listen when this when this episode comes out you're gonna hey. listen to it um to get one of those do, 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 do. <laughs> wheel up. let me get a wheel up or <laughs> but yeah uh thank you so so much and I look forward for people to like listen to this listen to it on the bus listen to it when they're in the kitchen cooking listen to it when they're whatever I just get really excited about people hearing stories like this in just different settings and different like seasons and stuff so thank you so much thank you for allowing me to to deliver my my art to you and to take it for taking it in and um, yeah long may it continue man black joy to the world yeah. to the world and back yeah